The Pixel Watch is definitely set apart because we have the opportunity to combine the expertise of Fitbit along with the expertise of Google. And I think those two things really form a unique combination. Welcome to the Made by Google podcast, where we meet the people who work on the Google products you love. Here's your host, Rashid Finch. Heart rate tracking on Pixel Watch 2 has gotten even better, but how did a team pull it off? Let's hear from the Carlos Law from the Health Experiences team. This is the Made by Google podcast. De Carlos, welcome back. Your second time on the podcast. What I remember from last time is that you aren't just some computer scientist, but one that's been an athlete too. Are you still getting your heart rate up these days? Yeah, I think see, one of the benefits of the job, you have a lot of motivation to stay active. I would say this year is probably one of the more active years uh, for me personally. Ran 5K, been doing 5K training which is a new thing for me is my background is, you know, football and sprinting. I've shifted my training this year and, and started to think a little bit more about 5Ks. For those who haven't heard the previous episode with you, could you just please explain your role at Google when it comes to heart rate tracking? Yeah. So I lead a team that works on our fitness experiences as well as some of our algorithms on the Pixel Watch. And so my team's role in that effort is really you know, how do we set the KPIs on what makes a good heart rate? How do we make sure that our heart rate performs well for our users and what people will actually do with it? And then we're working hand in hand with our algo engineers, engineers across the different stacks, whether that's on our device side or our system software side, and really trying to help, you know, bring that uh, heart rate all the way through from the low level to the actual user experience, to our research, our testing our validation, just kind of being that coach, that quarterback with all of those very talented folks that we get a chance to work with. So I'm wondering, what would you say is the essence of heart rate tracking? That's a good question. I think the essence of heart rate tracking is understanding how people will use the devices where heart rate is going to be applied. And I think that forms the very initial essence of what we need to think about when it comes to heart rate. You know, are we designing something for people that are going to be sitting down at their desk every day? Are we designing something for people that want to walk a little bit? Or are we designing for people that are going to be getting that heart rate up, doing those intense and vigorous movements and activities? Uh, and I think having that understanding really forms the essence from how we think about planning our research, our validation, bringing people in the lab, our data collection, how we think about training our models. All of those things kind of form that from a, a top level. I think the other part of it is really gets down into the hardware, which is something that I think we're excited about when we think about Pixel Watch 2 this year. Any smartwatch now can do heart rate tracking, right? So what sets Pixel Watch apart from the rest, you feel? Yeah, I think that the Pixel Watch is, is definitely set apart because we have the opportunity to combine the expertise of Fitbit along with the expertise of Google. And I think those two things really form a unique combination. You have several years of experience of building health and fitness products, building wearables within a Fitbit organization, working on algorithms, being one of the first to bring heart rate to, you know, scale on the wrist. And then you combine that with the deep understanding of data, the deep expertise in machine learning and AI. And it's like those two things combined together are, are a really unique aspect of how we think about developing heart rate experiences and wearables in general. Last time we spoke, the original Pixel Watch was just out. And I'm wondering what the biggest difference is between that watch and the brand new Pixel Watch 2 in terms of how they track your heart rate. Yeah. So when we think about going from Pixel Watch 1 to Pixel Watch 2, 
heart rate is at the center of it. We know and understand that people are gravitated towards wearables because they care about and want to understand more about their health and fitness. And heart rates is at the center of that for us. And so we landed a really solid foundation with the Pixel Watch 1. The first time that we employed the the machine learning at full capacity. And so when we came to Pixel Watch 2, we still wanted to understand like what are ways that we can improve on that heart rate experience. And so we approached it really about from the ground up and literally from scratch. And we took the idea of several different prototypes, you know, multiple iterations, and even some things that were further out on our roadmap. We needed to play some well-calculated bets to get us to where we are right now. And the core of that is really thinking about how do we update and change the, the actual sensor and the hardware. On Pixel Watch 1, we really started from a, a single LED photodiode path. But Pixel Watch 2, we took that a lot further and thought about how can we increase the data that we have coming in, the surface area that we can cover on the wrist. In doing so, we went with a multi-path approach. So our sensor, instead of just having a one-to-one mapping of LEDs and photodiodes, we have multi-paths there. We actually are using 10x the amount of inputs in terms of LED and photodiode paths that are going into this algorithm. So heart rate tracking, that green blinking light that sort of shoots against your skin. And then there's another sensor that looks at how that light's reflected. And that sort of tells you how the heart is pumping the blood through the veins, basically. I mean, that's probably, uh, that will not get me into college (laughs) if I'd explain it that way. But is that sort of like the basic of it? Yeah, we use a PPG sensor. Within there, you have a couple of key components. You have your LEDs, which shine the light. In our case, uh, we're shining the the green light from an LED. And then we have photodiodes that help us pick up the reflection of that light from the blood uh, and helps us understand the heart rate uh, from that reflection. Uh, And so that's super gross simplification, but Mm -hmm. the idea of shining light, understanding the reflection of that, and using that to understand what the heart rate is. In the world of Pixel Watch 1, we really had one pathway, one light shining, one uh, picking the light reflection back up. And the, the challenge with that is that sometimes the wearable is going to be on different positions on a user's wrist. And so if you think about when you're running or when you're rowing or you're doing some type of hit exercise, like your, your wrist, your your arm, your hands are in different positions. And sometimes that watch will tilt, it will rock. The different vibrations may cause different reactions in those scenarios. And so when you only have one one shot at getting that the LED right, like you're, you're not maximizing the opportunity, you're not maximizing the coverage on the wrist. And so when you examine the actual hardware of Pixel Watch 2, you'll see that we have an array of those LEDs. And so there's a lot more light that can actually shine when that is actually in motion. And so that gives us an opportunity to cover more area on the wrist and gives us a better shot at getting more data into our algorithms. And that's where our design for Pixel Watch 2 really shines, and no pun intended there, but because we have those multi-lights shining, now we have an opportunity to add more data to our algorithms, um, which presents another set of challenges, right? It's like now you have a lot more data coming in Now you need to figure out what to do with that. And that's really where we then went into another phase of changes and evolutions in terms of how we make our algorithm smart enough to handle that vast amount of data that's coming in from the the new sensor. 
you, you got to sort of figure out which data is to be trusted maybe and which isn't because there is a chance that one of those paths is blocked maybe by, I don't know, maybe sweat or hair on my arm, for example. Exactly. Like each of those sensors could be giving something a little bit different depending on their position on the wrist and where they are and what's happening. You know, some people may have tattoos or some people light might be shining in a different way. And so the different sensors, you know, may give off different readings. And the the role of the improved algorithm is really to help make sense of that. Uh, and, and that's a lot of things that we did. A lot of our explorations on the algo side were really about how do we figure out the right way and the right combination to use of the new sensors and the new LED photodiode paths that we have coming in. I'm looking at my Pixel Watch 2 right now, and I see like one blinking LED. Is that because I'm I'm not in active training? Yeah. So if you turn that into an exercise and you actually start an exercise where the, the movement kicks in, you'll see the, the full path uh, actually uh, come through. So you'll see all the lights start to shine. But what, why you're seeing one right now is, you know, you're sitting down, uh, you're not in an exercise. And this is actually another part of the challenge that we have to think about is, yeah, we have more LEDs, we can shine more light. But that also could mean that there's more power being consumed. And this is where we've had to do things like tune our models so that we can be more power efficient. That's really clever. I was just, you know, while you were talking, trying this because I only saw just one LED. So I went into a, a CrossFit workout. But then indeed, yes, all the lights start to come up. So it's it's funny how how these smart things, you, you, do, you don't see it because it's uh, at the bottom of your watch while wearing it. I think you actually hit on a really important part, right? There are things that are going on that people don't see. And that's actually, you know, a good thing for us is that there's a lot of interesting technology. There's a, a ton of smart choices that are made, design, architecture, in order to make the heart rate even more accurate. But the most important part is that these things should kind of blend into the background and not really force a user to understand, know what is going on and really just make it so that the experience is a part that comes through. The ID on the device is really you know, something that we're proud of. And so like, we want that to be the thing that the user focuses on. And then also as they interact with the device, the different experiences from the software and our UX are, are the things to focus on. And yeah, trust and be assured that there's a ton of things going on inside of that that watch that, that may not always come through, but they're important of making that experience the best as it can be. You mentioned the lab before. Now, Let's say I would have been a, a subject in your lab maybe six months ago. What, what would you have me do to make a better Pixel Watch 2? When we think about you know, collecting data, uh, we really kind of think about it in three key different types of data collection. I think one of them is definitely our more of our structured protocol that we do in the lab. And in that case, we'll have people do a variety of different exercises and movements, everything from running to cycling to, you know, some hit stuff, but several different exercises that we think about how does that correspond to what our users are doing and what we learn from the data as the top activities combined with some of the activities that we know are challenging for collecting heart rate. So that's one is the lab. I think two, we look at it as more in a real world scenario. And how do we make sure that we're collecting data and we can compare that data to ground truth, but we do so more in, you know, it's, it's not a controlled. And so people, we're monitoring people's activities and we have access to thousands of people in this format, but we still have a good idea of how they're performing. 
And then I'd say the third one is just a little bit more just like dog food free for all. And, uh, you know, each of those are really important for helping us get a gauge on the, the accuracy, the quality of our heart rate tracking, as well as our other algorithms. But each one of those plays a different role. And so if you were coming into the lab, we would give you the forms to sign and let you know that it's going to require a good amount of physical activity. And so be prepared because it's important that we capture that. And it could take, you know, several times, several different trips into the lab uh, in order for us to continue to improve our data collection. Sounds like a lot of fun a day in a lab. So uh, I, I might sign up one day. You mentioned dog fooding, which doesn't actually have anything to do literally with dog food, but maybe you can quickly explain what that is in sort of Google language. Yeah. So it's it's something that is inside of the the Google culture of making sure that we as Googlers are testing our products. Every team within Google runs their own form of a dog food. And it's an opportunity for us to really pressure test and go be those testers to give the feedback from a, an actual user's perspective, uh, not just within the team. If it just works for me, that might be okay. But if thousands of other people don't also think so, then it gives us informed feedback on what are the types of changes and things that we need to make. Yeah, it's definitely important to eat our own dog food. That's for sure. So Carlos, I'm wondering, so you work on the algorithms, the hardware, you, you get the heart rate tracking right. It will tell me what my heart rate is while running or while, while not running. It will tell me my resting heart rate. But it's also of essence to make sure it's communicated in a way to our users that it's useful information to them. So what does Pixel Watch 2 do together with Fitbit to, to actually make that useful information to me? There are a couple of key things that this year with Pixel Watch 2 uh, that we've been able to do. And so I think one is applying similar algorithm techniques, data collection to give us other features. And so we're introducing activity recognition on Pixel Watch 2 this year, but we're leveraging some of the same ML techniques that we've done from a heart rate perspective to introduce that feature. So that's one tangentially related aspect. I think two is kind of what you you alluded to, which is, hey, the heart rate is accurate. You know, you have a brand new sensor from the ground up, but what are we going to do with that? The thing is that it gives us more confidence uh, about delivering even more unique experiences than what we had on the Pixel Watch 1. You know, we're introducing the heart rate zone coaching, but we're also changing the overall experience and the UX with inside of our exercise app. And really a, a lot of that helps with the things like heart rate coaching so that we can have these, you know, interstitials that pop up on the, the watch to tell you if you should, you know, go a little bit harder or ease back a bit. But we're also being super intentional about everything from the font type, the font size, the spacing. And we want to make sure that we're utilizing our unique ID in a circular form to maximize the spacing. Users will get a chance to understand that every pixel was thought about on how we make this better with Pixel Watch 2 coming from Pixel Watch 1. And so really proud about, in a similar way, the theme of like, hey, we, we started from scratch on designing our hardware, but even from a user experience standpoint, it's like we have even more confidence in that, that accuracy. How do we make the UI as best as can be. And so our UX team, you know, you imagine a walls of different designs plastered up, really sweated every pixel to make sure that the experience that the user was directly interacting with was going to be one that matched the idea of like, we want to make this the best that it can be. Amazing. And it has helped me 
slow down a little bit on the 5K to keep the heart rate in check. Uh, definitely need some awesome. more training there. Now, the Carlos, we always end our episodes with a top tip for the road. So let's say someone recently bought a Pixel Watch 2, maybe like you and me, they're into 5K running. What kind of things would you recommend they try with Pixel Watch 2? Yeah, so obviously we talked about the improved heart rate. And so that sits at the center of what we're doing. We touched on the idea that heart rate coaching is something that's new with Pixel Watch 2, as well as our pace coaching and pace trainer features. I think another, just from a general tip, is that those things are going to help improving your your overall fitness. But even for me, what it did was it helped me really just focus on the running and enjoying the running. As someone that came from competitive sports, what it allowed me to do is like, I don't have to always go as hard as as I used to, or maybe I think I should, or learning when I was going too hard. And so it really helped me like change my relationship with running and make it more enjoyable and really get me to focus on just the aspects of being outside and enjoying feeling the wind and, you know, your feet hitting the ground and getting the joy from those things. And so it just really kind of started to reshape my personal relationship uh, with it. And so the tip is just like really lean into the experience should kind of help nudge you, making sure that you are, you know, focused on the thing that matters for you, whether it's you want to go as hard as you can, because you want that faster 5k, 10k time. But if you just want to enjoy being outside and enjoy feeling kind of the rush from the blood pumping from doing the exercise, the Pixel Watch 2 is really going to be right there with you for that journey. Amazing. And that's just a great general tip. Just enjoy it and Pixel Watch 2 will take care of the rest. Yeah, and we hope everyone enjoys it and look forward to feedback and getting folks getting a chance to use the product. Thanks a lot and hope to have you on the pod again soon. Absolutely, I'll come back anytime. Thank you. Next time on the Made by Google podcast. We came across a statistic that 17% of adults have some sort of permanent hearing damage. And so what we wanted to do was build a feature that can educate people about their listening habits. Thank you for listening to the Made by Google podcast. Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts to be the first to listen.